Welcome to Dustrious. Keep your dice rolling, your hit points counted, and your magic flowing. Buckle up, travelers. You're in for a ride. Welcome to Dustrious, a high fantasy, high magic, homebrew world in the Pathfinder system with custom magic rules. This and Eldritch Dream Games production is made possible by our patrons, Tim Demuse, Wesley Sullivan, Brian Bridges, Brian Rafe, Donald Bealey, Eric S. Pat, and Robin Mims. We encourage you to stick around after this story to hear about the great projects these people are working on. But for now, let's get to today's episode. I want to give a very big thank you and shout out to a few people that are helping us get our normal computer for editing back up and running. It's going to be Brian Bridges from LCP, Kim Metzger from LCP, Beholder's Eye, the Service Desk Podcast, and more. Maddie from So Maddie Games and So Nerdware, and Robin from the podcast for the Untimely Dead. I want to thank all of you very much for helping us, and let's get into this week's episode. So basically, last time, a couple of the boys from LCP came to visit us and played the villains. And y'all went through about a four-hour battle hmm. trying to kill each other. I think at some point or another, everyone died or got pretty close to it, even those who are still alive. Yeah, uh, at one point, Brigger did die. <laughs> and he had his own little experience during death, which the listeners will know about because it will be cut in at that point. So when he came back, things were a little different for him. Then Rick got killed. And we left off with Russell taking Rick's body and using the haste on his boots, running for the temple to see if there was anybody there who could help him. And Brigard was headed back up to town to see if he could help with the fires. Yes. Use Brigard's golden shower. It's messed up. Oh, I didn't. I forgot to put that one on his spell list. Oh, I was going to play it as uh, <laughs> that's gone, actually. I was kind of gonna i was keeping that one close to my vest i was gonna play it no i wasn't going to to put the the regular water spells on there but i was gonna give you your custom spell oh okay i'll I'll take it i was just actually kind of playing like this um and listeners already know what has happened but i was gonna play it as uh what happened to brigard changed him so thoroughly that he can't do that Okay, that's fine too. Yeah. That's fine too. He's, he wants he wants it to not be a thing anymore. Oh no, I love the thing. No, that's not it. No, Don. That's one of Don's favorite parts of the of his month is getting to make water with you guys. Uh, <laughs> I just thought uh, you danced an, around how to say that so hard. Yes, <laughs> it wasn't golden showers. <laughs> um, but no, I just thought as a, as an RP moment, it would be it would be fun for Brigger to uh, lose one of his uh, one of his iconic abilities in exchange. So, uh, what is Brigger's movement speed? Mm, Forty. Okay, and what is Russell's while he's hasted? Sixty. Okay, so Russell is going to outpace Brigger slightly um, up towards the town. And y'all are going to, to split off, though, as you come towards the hill, if you're going towards the temple and Brigard's going towards the inn. So, uh, when he will turn off to, to head towards the temple with Rick's body. And you continue forward to the inn, which is on fire, but you notice a few things here, Okay. It's, you don't even need perception rolls for, for these. They're pretty obvious. Mm. One, someone has summoned a rain cloud 
that is hovering over the end and the homes behind it, um, which is helping to, to douse the fires. And there are also a couple of uh, water elementals around that are, are helping with this. But in front of the inn, on the ground, screaming in pain, though there's no marks on his body, nothing visible to be seen whatsoever, is Zav. Um, his brother Dravik is there trying to calm him and comfort him somewhat. What is Brigard going to do? Brigard's going to um, see the elemental, see the cloud, and uh, feel that the most immediate thing is what's going on with Zav. Um, Zav, what is the matter? Dravik, what's wrong with your brother? Uh, Dravik will look up with, to, at you and he'll be like, well, nothing's matter with him per se. He's a twin and his connection to, to Vari, he, he can feel her pain and she's still inside. Uh, okay, at that, he's going to look up and just uh, jump into the flames. I will find her. Uh, so do you have fire resistance or fire immunity? Resistance. Ten. Immunity. Okay. So the inside of the inn is basically the outside of all the buildings in this town are made of stone that they don't even have creases in them or anything really because uh, the spells that were used to make them. But the inside of the inn is mostly wood and stores a lot of alcohol and such. So it is burning really well. Um, you will need to make a check to be able to see through the smoke. Okay. Uh, what check is that? A perception check. Okay. Oh, that's not bad. Uh, 14, 24. Okay. So it's not easy, but you, you are able to start making out some things and make your way over towards the bar. And you don't see Ovari anywhere around on, on this first floor. Okay. Got to go up, right? Not down? No. Actually, the the second floor is pretty much fallen in by this point. Uh, okay, so he's he's uh, kind of frantic, uh, breathing heavily, tossing furniture around uh, the rubble, trying to find her. As you do this, you will see something burst out of a doorway that leads down to the basement. And unless you resist, it's, it's completely up to you. You will feel arms wrap around you. Um, it will be a grapple if you want to oppose it. We, we can make the rolls. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I have to save her. Unhand me. What is your CMD? CMD is uh, 26 for grapple. Okay. Um, normally that would be really, really good against a grapple, but uh, this creature has eight legs um, <laughs> as well as two <laughs> arms. Okay. So you will be grappled and all of a sudden you will be climbing up the wall or the creature carrying you will be climbing up the wall and over the top and outside behind the inn. You'll come out behind the inn, not in the front. Mm -hmm. And set down. And when you look up, there is Ivari from the waist up, but there is a large spider from the waist down. Uh, Brigard is speechless. What? Who, what have you done? Is that you? Are you... What? It's me. Just... Are you Okay. I am okay. I went looking for you. Well, I'm out. I don't want all of them to see me. I'm, I'm going around the back way. Tell my brothers I'll meet them at home. Do you need any assistance at all? Or do you need any healing? I'm going to need healing, yes. But I, I don't want people to see me. 
I, I just, I need to, I need to get back to the house before somebody sees me. Okay, I'm just gonna give her a quick uh, cure, uh, cure serious. Okay, and as you do, you will be able to see the patches of skin on her that were burned pretty badly. Uh, start healing up, and then she will kind of scamper off into the shadows, taking back ways and alleyways. Okay, uh, just uh, amazed at the sight of her running away like that. Um, <coughs> and clears throat, walk around, and uh, she is safe. I saw her escape. She she flitted out of my sight, but she is at home resting. You you have nothing to fear. Come, get on your feet. We must attend to the others that are wounded. What do you mean she flitted? It's a it's a word I learned at Fort Feshna. It, it means to to scamper or to flee. Like, and, and Dravik just kind of gives you this incredulous look, and is he's like, okay, um. Yeah, I'm going to go check on my sister. <laughs> he will help Zav up off the ground. Uh, Brigard will spend a moment just kind of like straightening him up, dusting him off. You'll be fine. She is fine. Stay out of the way. Is there anyone? Uh, was there anyone left inside? I didn't see anything else. Just ruins. N- not that we know of. When uh, when Zelka first came out, she drug out two others with her, but they were already gone. They've been taken down to the temple. And that is where I am needed now. My friends ran ahead of me. My my friend Rick, he, he may not make it. All right, go. Uh, he'll nod and uh, run. Now, Russell, when you get to the temple, uh, only one of the twins is in there. Um, tending to people with some minor burns, smoke insulation. Words that I can't speak today for some goddamn reason. She looks pretty worn, pretty tired. You can guess she's been casting for a while and has started to exhaust herself. Russell's going to walk over with uh, Rick and set him down and go, he, oh, hey, I think he's dead and more dead than I can handle, which I didn't know I could handle until just now. She'll walk over and take a look at him and nod her head and say, yeah, uh, that's that's dead. Well, come on. I I, mean, I brought Brigard back once today already. I just don't got two in me. I, uh, there's no way for me to, to be able to handle this. Oh, shit. Okay. Where do we need to take him? You take him back out and go around the temple. There's a doorway. They lay the dead out in there. Maybe somebody in town can do something once they're through tending to the living. Son of a bitch. Yeah. You know, the living stand a chance of surviving where the dead don't without the help. He's going to grumble and just kind of sigh and pick up Rick and be like, I'm sorry. You're doing what you can. We all are. <sighs> it's going to be a long day that he'll walk back towards the temple and uh, set Rick out with the dead. All right, there there are two other bodies there already, but they are burned extremely badly. Um, though you do know there were a couple of farmers in the inn when all this started, so you could make the assumption that that's who these men are. So I'm kind of sigh and look to them and be, you know, the bodies and be like, well... I didn't throw that fireball. I ain't gonna say it's my fault. I ain't gonna say it ain't. You two, uh, hope where you're at, you find some peace. 
But, um, fuck me. He's going to kind of look around. Is there anyone else, like, alive nearby? No, uh, pretty much everybody is, is about, uh, trying to get these fires out. Um, the one twin stayed at the, the temple for people who came there for healing. The other is down near the fires, dealing with things that are more immediate and have to be taken care of right away. In that case, uh, Russell's going to kind of stop and look around and be like, damn it, Rick, I swear you find a way back. You hear me? <sighs> and then he's just going to sigh, get up and run, run back towards the town. Okay, so as you're headed back, you would you would find Don headed towards you, or Brigard headed towards you. Uh, slide to a stop. Brigard, you got a uh, you got any mojo that can bring someone back after a minute or so? What do you mean? Where's Rick? He was sp- supposed to be healed. He's in the back with the dead. Oh, because he's tending to them. Okay. Uh, no. W- you just left him? You didn't... You weren't able to revive him like you revived me? I I don't got that much spell in me, and it's past the time where I could do it. I, there's, there's, when I... When I when I tried to do what I did with you, and I, I don't fully understand that, but there was a tether. There was a, there was a breaking piece of thread that the, wasn't gone. And I was able to gather that and weave it back together. There ain't no thread. The, the, the thread is Rick's soul? Or the, his body's connection to it. Well, we... We can more. you? What if I give you? What if I give you healing? What if I? What if I actually cast a healing spell on you and not just rubbed your shoulders? I, I can heal you, constantly. How? We'll find out. Let's do it. And uh, uh, the blood has kind of gone out of Brigard's face as he's running up to the temple. Yeah, Russell's going to follow suit. So y'all, Brian go- knows Revify. Russell doesn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, y'all go. Y'all go into the back where the bodies are at. And he's still laid out there on the table next to the other two. Well, you keep me, you keep me from, uh, from fading. I can get up there and get the spell done. And yeah, so Russell's going to cast, um, false life, get healed to full, cast greater false life. And on average, that'll get him at or above 70, which is what I need for Revify. Right. So... Assuming Brigard's doing the heals. Yes. Yep. He's he's got a cure moderate and cure serious in uh, either hand, and he's ready to lay them both on you. Okay. And yeah, after after Russell's all healed up and ready to go, he's gonna gather up pretty much everything he's got magically and just lay into Rick like a defibrillator. Nothing happens. He, he has been gone too long. And Russell's going to push himself up and be like, it's... No. He... That's... That's it. That, that can't be it. It's, Move out of my way. He's going to grab uh, Russell and shove him aside, put both of his hands on Rick. Rick, I've unlocked powers. I'm more powerful now. And I refuse to let you die. I forbid you to go to the afterlife. 
and uh, I'm going to cast Forbid Action Greater, and I'm going to forbid Rick from dying. Uh, he's already dead, so you can't forbid him from being what he already is. <laughs> Don knows that. I mean, yeah. I mean, okay, you can, all right. But, like... <laughs> Russell's going to push him. That's kind of like forbidding me from being a redhead. I can't do a damn thing about that. And no one would ask. (laughs) You can color my hair, but in two weeks, the red's going to be showing. So, And Russell will push himself back up, walk up behind Brigger, put a hand on his shoulder and be like, Brigger, it's... I, I don't think it's something we can fix. Maybe someone else can, but right now... And it hurts. This ain't the first friend I've seen die. It's also the first one I've been able to have a chance of doing something about. And trust me, that hurts more. But right now, there's a lot of people out there in the process of dying that we can stop. Rick was the smartest of us. He'll have the best answers to save all of them. I I can only do so much myself. We can't just leave him here. Russell is this going is to a- slap Brigard. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, palm or back of the hand? Palm. <laughs> Isn't that more insulting? Probably. Okay. <laughs> Brigger, think about now. There's nothing we can do now to help Rick. Maybe there's something later, but there is sure as shit something we can do now to help this town that we swore to protect. Now, I understand I'm the one who fucked up and started off this fight in the middle of the town. So you can sit here and cry about it. And I ain't even going to shame you about it later. But right now, I'm going to go help these people. And I think you do a damn bit more good out there with me. It was your fault. Yep, sure was. Let's go. Uh, Brigger will look back at Rick and <laughs> touch his face where uh, Russell slapped him. Stand, Stand up and go walk out of the well they're not in the temple uh walk away from rick and uh yeah uses a go with uh russell to use his abilities to help those that are can be helped right now all right make me an intelligence check please oh it's just insult to injury okay (laughs) oh that's not bad uh that's a 19 um you figure given your newfound abilities that the best place for you to start may be with the twins, healing the girl in the temple and going finding one, the one that's doing healing outside because they've got to be about depleted by now. Okay. If you heal them up, then they can get to more people as well. Okay. Uh, he'll, he'll go over and um, just a, a quick, quick palm on uh, the, uh, the large of each of their backs and uh, cast a cure moderate on each. So one of them is actually in the temple. Uh, the other one is down by the inn, so you'd, you'd yep. have to do it at two separate times. But yep. yeah, that would that would allow the one at the temple to better treat the people that are coming in there, and of course, the one that's helping to fight the fires can then cause more spells to help actually put out the fires. So yeah, <clears throat> at this point, um, Rick will or Russell, Rick won't do much of anything, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but. uh I am drinking, Sean. But Russell's gonna do what he can, and uh, he's no stranger to the idea of work smarter, not harder, but honestly, in crisis mode, um, 
if what he can do is keep his head down and run a bucket brigade, that's what he'll do. All right. So the rain cloud that's been summoned is, is of course, helping a good deal. And the water elementals, well, they're the best firefighters in existence. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, after it, it, it would take a little while because while the buildings themselves are made out of stone, most of the roofing around here is uh, boards with thatch over it. And then you've got the insides of the houses are mostly wood and, and furnishings and such. So it'll take a little bit to get everything out and to check all the premises and make sure there's nothing still burning that might flare back up and that kind of thing. And then the town's going to turn its attention on finding places for people to stay. With the inn gone and the house is gone, They've got a. They've got a lot of displaced people around. Russell's got a lot of room, so that's something he can do. Mm-hmm. All right. So by the time the fires are out and everybody's tended to, and y'all start trying to divide up people and, and find places for them to stay and this kind of stuff, um, it's probably getting to be about mid-afternoon, evening, however people say it in other places in the world. It ain't quite dark yet, (laughs) but... (laughs) That's universal. There you go. (laughs) So, how many people are each of you going to take home with you? I mean, like, Russell stack them like hay bales if they're willing to sleep that way. Um. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, uh, uh, same with Brigard. He'll open his doors and anyone that can fit can and uh he's gonna assume rick would want uh people to have a place to live too and with no ability for him to uh say no he's gonna offer up uh rick's home as well okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure i'm i'm certain that he would want people to have a place to lay down all right so between y'all's three houses and of course mal owns one of these houses um, there's there's plenty of sleeping room to, to get everybody settled in. Um, and then Darlena and Travis would uh, bring crops and meat and stuff that they'd collect from the farmers to bring up to the houses for people to have stuff to make food because with the inn closed, you're not going to just run over and buy some. So if, if you don't cook, there's probably somebody else in your kitchen cooking. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Russell, Russell doesn't want to start a second fire. I mean, he didn't start the first one. I mean, important note, did not start the first one, but he's got no intent of starting a second one. <laughs> yeah, uh, for the rest of the day, it would it would more or less be about getting people settled, getting people fed, making sure everybody was healed up and, and taken care of. So it is up to y'all what y'all wish to do during that time, if anything in particular. Awesome. Um, Accustomed to, uh, I, I assume, a forest fire here and there, uh, Brigard would have some knowledge of how to uh, help mitigate, you know, uh, make sure that nothing is going to spread and not just uh, taking the fire out, but maybe uh, directing the water elementals to kind of splash down around as well to create a further barrier. Uh, just kind of okay. fire fire chief. Trying to, try, yeah, trying to fireproof <laughs> the area. Yeah. <laughs> But eventually it will it will come dark and and people will start trying to rest for the night. So unless you have something specific you want to get get done. Uh, other than making sure everyone's safe and good to go. 
After that, um, Russell, he's eventually going to make his way up to get some sleep. Because at this point, he's been... Assuming the Revify got me to the same level it did when I got triggered healed, um, he's either got one actual hit point left or maybe maybe two or three with a handful of temporary hit points that he's been working on since since trying to bring Rick back. So he's dead on his feet. Yeah. Uh, Brigard has uh, expended all of the coins of uh, healing that he had. He would just, you know, flick them, flick them onto, uh, onto the people that as needed and heal. So apart from his own healing, he would be, he would have expended all of those too. So those are all uh, gone. Okay. So y'all will get some rest. And uh, just in case y'all have forgotten in this campaign, you do heal your full hit points when you sleep, as long as you get eight hours of rest. Russell, this is the night you would have the strange dream. Exhausted from all this, you would retire for the night and probably pass out pretty well. And that will be where you first encounter this entity is in a dream. In the dream, you see a half-elven woman, and she's standing over a forge working on a blade. For some reason, it feels so extremely real to you. It's It doesn't feel like a dream. It feels like you're there. You can feel the heat of the forge on your skin. You can hear the ringing in your ears from the metal being clanked. I kind of look about, look down at himself, and realize that he's in um, he's in like proper pants and a white button-down shirt and reaches up and his hat's gone. What the hell? What the... What? What the... What the... What the hell? Not quite hell. That... That's... That's rather subjective, all things, depending. I don't even sound like myself. Ah, well... Technically, I guess you would say we're in your mind at the moment. That explains it. I do sound like myself it's just my ego not my super ego i'm sorry um that's that's not horribly important at the moment um normally i'm alone in my mind um and you are my name is duraga duraga well um i guess depending on how long you've been here and what you know this may be pointless but russell Russell Clark. Um, why are you in my mind? Well, we need to have a little talk, dear. Oh, those never go well. Yeah, he's going to walk over towards the forge and kind of look around and see if there's anything he can do to be helpful while she's working. You know, if he's going to if he's going to talk to someone working, he's going to do something. Whether he's shuffling coal or something, he's got passing familiarity with the forge. He's got some gunsmithing. Okay. She would say, well, you've not been in this world long. No, no, I haven't. So there's probably a lot of myth and legends you haven't, haven't really heard about. It's, uh, it's fairly extensive. I've, uh, I've done what I can in my downtime to, to get caught up. But um, I have a feeling that I'm going to need to expand a human lifetime if I'm ever going to accomplish that goal. 
That's true. I lived in this world once, but it was a very long time ago. Have you heard about the Twilight's War? Um, do I need to let me roll a history check? You can roll a history check, yes. That's a 26 knowledge history on the Twilight's War. Okay, so you've not heard of the war itself, but you have heard of this woman. She is referred to a few times, uh, especially if you read about anything pertaining particularly to smithing. Her name was Draga Forgedon, and she was supposed to be the best smith that ever existed. She is uh, credited with making all kinds of uh, masterpiece weapons that uh, collectors now bid over and, and spend way too, way too much money on and things of that nature. Draga Forgedon. I um, I think I read an article when we were in the city. Something about a dagger reputedly made by you being sold for... Um, I think they expressed the value in platinum bars. Yes, people seem to have a liking for my work. But there's one piece of mine that no one in this world even knows exists. I'm intrigued. Good. I would love to tell you where it is and how to go get it, but here's the deal. Mm -hmm. Twilight's War was not something that uh, was recorded for the annuals of history, shall we say. There was a man who was once a devout follower of Asmodeus who turned against his god and declared war on him. He uh, led a group of basically mercenaries and, and their job was to collect all the best weapons they could in order to fight this war. When he came to me, he offered me everything he owned for me to forge a blade for him that would be strong enough to kill Ravarus, which you can make a knowledge planes check if you want to on the name Ravarus. Sure thing. Plus nine. Uh, that's only an 11. Okay, so yeah, you probably would not know who this is. That's that's a new name. <sighs> it's the Dragon of Hell. Oh. He works for Asmodeus, shall we say. And, well, they had found out through one of the uh, ratings of a cult that Asmodeus had promised to send his dragon to fight in the war if they actually rose up against him. I spent months and months working on this blade. Its name is Skullspear. And when I was through, I went through a three-month-long ritual to have the gods invite it with power. Impressive. But it would seem that one of your allies has decided to devote himself to Asmodeus. And uh, my weapon was not the only one on the battlefield. Asmodeus has instructed him to find his weapon. And I am afraid that in the process, he might get his hands on mine too. My weapon was made to defeat Asmodeus, not to serve him. So I am here to offer you a deal. 
Mm-hmm. I will stay with you, help you find your way through this world, give you knowledge when you need it. I can aid you in battle, aid you in crafting, whatever it is you wish to do. But in exchange, you will seek my weapon and keep it for yourself to ensure it doesn't fall into the hands of someone who follows Osmodius. Damn it, kid. Uh, Russell's going to stop and kind of shake his head and be like, that uh, that name, Asmodeus, comes with some fairly negative condemnation where I'm from. Asmodeus is the father, the creator of everything. He pinned the contract that brought all of the material plane into creation. Fair enough. Is he still evil? By most standards, yes. He uh, is so dedicated to law and order that... He will enforce things like slavery and uh, you have caste systems where you come from. Unfortunately. Things of that nature. And he will go to any means to impose law and order on the world. But at the same time, one cannot look at him in a wholly bad light, I suppose, because he will do what it takes to sustain the world as well, if you understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You can't make money off of those that you exploit if you can't keep them alive. In the end, I would still like to see him defeated. But right now, he is the one that brought the three of you through the portal. Because the world is facing an end. And the only way to work against that for the time being is to cooperate with him. (sighs) But that does not mean that I wish my blade, which was forged to beat him, to be in the hands of his people. It's understandable. For what it's worth, the blade did slay the dragon. All right. It's 0 and 1. That's a, uh, given the uh, the weight class it was in, that's a pretty good record. Or 1 and 0. It is, it is a very powerful, powerful weapon. The, the gifts that the gods imbued it with were beyond anything I'd originally hoped for. So, I aid you. You get the blade. We do what must be done to save the world. And once that is done, we can discuss what to do about Asmodeus. (sighs) Bad feeling I'm going to do something I'm going to drink myself to death over. But it sounds like it what's need, it's what needs to be done. There seems to have been a lot of that going on in this town today. It's not like I didn't almost shoot the kid once today already. Well, yeah, I'll do it. Well, are there any questions you have for me? If we're going to be sharing some headspace, I would suppose you might want to know me. That would be a good thing. Um, how can I put this? I, I have a feeling that we're going to be birds of a feather in a lot of aspects. But um, in others, uh, probably not so much. Um. I am not going to take kindly 
if you try to take charge. Well, unless you are doing something that I believe will give Asmodeus a foothold, that shouldn't be an issue. Fair enough. And I can't imagine myself doing such. So if it comes about to it, let me know and we can discuss another road. Yes, I would prefer discussions over violence. Me too. I'll be honest, as soon as I feel like I'm chained down with this, I'll be the first one to run us both off a cliff. Well, I'm afraid you'll find it difficult to kill me. Yeah, it's not so much about killing you. It'll be about freeing me. Well, if everything works well and the world is saved and our purposes no longer seem to align, I can leave. Okay. Well, I don't mean to come at this with a negative condensation. It's just Truth be told, if we weren't in my head, I'd probably be laughing and joking about this all at the moment. Well, I, you're I the don't first, first have person to I get be to in your head, but uh, I thought it might be a little less traumatizing than finding me standing at the end of your bed. Oh no, I'm I'm certainly processing this better. I um, I'd probably be rambling and going on and on and frankly an accent that I don't know how not to produce in my physical body anymore um but uh no you can release me to a mostly physical form anytime you wish if you want some time alone in your head okay that would be that's not a bad idea I'm a well let's put it this way when it's time to work I'm gonna work really hard And, uh, well, when it's time to play, you might not want to tag along. I think, uh, I think we can make this work, Draga. Good. When you spend so much time crafting something, it, it becomes like a child to you. It is not something you want to give away to the opposing team. I can understand that. Um... If, and I'm sure it's some form of divine, uh, divine rule or something, you probably don't know which of my companions, but, well, I am by the very definition of things a betting man. I, um, I'll be honest, if it came down to one of them, I think in the end he would understand it. Yeah, if I explained it right, he'd probably go for the idea. But um, if this comes worse to worse, I'm uh, I may be able to take him down, but um, you may have to pull the trigger. Well, that can be arranged if it becomes necessary. But it is my hope that once he has Asmodeus's weapon within his power. He will not care so much for the others that exist. That that's uh, me too. Um, trust me. This I promise. When we have this conversation outside someday, it will be. An, it won't be nearly so nihilistic. 
welcome welcome to my brain um you're <laughs> welcome to vacate and get a break from it if you ever want to as well <sighs> well it will probably take some getting used to i've not shared headspace with someone before but it seems this is my only way coincidence interacting with the world so there are a few options and it seems that only psychics are even available to receive us man if word ever gets back home but I'm walking around in this with a spirit in my head <laughs> Well, let's face it, most of my childhood, everyone said the devil was in me. But um, now I actually am possessed, and I'm, I'm trying to work against the devil. <laughs> yes, well, the good news is I'm no devil, so... No, 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 and I, I wouldn't, wouldn't accuse you of such. It's just the irony. Um, I don't know. You get, a, you get a free time. You get some downtime uh, walkabout. 15 years back down memory lane. You'll you'll get the funny parts. <laughs> well, if it helps any, I myself not really devoted to any god or I wasn't in life and haven't bothered since, so. Oh, slowly becoming a fan of Arche. Um, I haven't even said that out loud. I guess I still haven't said that out loud. But, um... But yeah, I you know I don't think I could ever. Uh, I'll be honest, I'll never wear wear the cloth. That's uh, I made that promise a long time ago, and I'm not breaking it. But um, I, I could see myself, you know, despite all the jokes, actually praying to something, someone every once in a while. Well, there are many to choose from, and there are actually a lot of people in this world who don't devote themselves to one or another, but choose a handful. And pray to whoever based on their situation. Yeah. Maybe uh maybe monotheism was worked into me a little bit too rough. I don't know about that. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> but the blade itself shouldn't be difficult for you to wield, I wouldn't think. Uh it is a short sword made of adamantine. Uh that's that's a good thing. I'm Frankly, when it comes to the idea of actually wielding a melee weapon. Well, um... Well, in certain situations. So we're supposed to wear dandy would be the... Uh, <laughs> would be ideal. It could come in useful in certain situations. And, uh... It does have some very unique powers on it. <laughs> Worst case scenario, I mean, if we're talking here, if we were to get a hot enough fire, um... How many 45 rounds could we maybe melt it down to? Well, I would prefer it not to melt it down. <laughs> Though, if that is the only way to keep it from falling into the wrong hands, it may be an option we have to look at at some point. Uh, but I think you will find it difficult to destroy adamantine. Oh, no, that's a... I'm most assured. I'm just more familiar even before I had phenomenal psychic powers of uh, trying to keep a fight a good 20 to 90 paces away from me. Well, when you are successful in doing that, that is probably the best option. 
but... It's not something that can always be done. Fair enough. Well, I'm trying to think. I'm, uh... Let me get this straight. We, uh, we ride tandem in my brain for a while. At least a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you... Well, we make sure to pursue the goal of making sure that, uh... Uh, Skull's, what? Skull Spear? Skull Spear. Yes. Skull Spear doesn't wind up in the wrong hands. And uh, for the most part, we work together. I still get to control all the parts that move as long as I don't start playing for the other team. Yes. Okay. I can, I can work with that. It has just become important since... Asmodeus is the one making sure, I suppose y'all can, I suppose he's making sure y'all get the information you need to try to defeat the people in this world who seek to destroy it. That does bring about an interesting question. Talking to someone who's got, um, did he bring everyone over every five years? Is that him? No, no. Uh... It's different gods that, that do it every time. Okay. There is a order to it. And he's been <sighs> biding time for, I'd say, the last 15, 20 years, waiting for it to be his turn again. Okay. As the gods that had their turn over the last 15, 20 years are more inclined not to interfere in how the world does things fair enough so it's just every five years a random god gets to kind of pick his way through the multiverse and bring people to Destris. well from my understanding it's not random there are contracts in place rules that stipulate whose turn it is when okay and uh the number of people they can be three bring through is based on world population and such Mm-hmm. Is this a? Is I'll be honest. This this is a, a relatively small world with some very strange boundaries. Are we even on a sphere of rock spinning through the cosmos? Oh yes, this is a world of the material plane, just like any other. Oh man, Rick is going to be so disappointed once he figures that out. <laughs> Sorry, Ed. That one's been in the back of my head for a long time. Well, I'm sorry, relatively so for a long time. We uh, haven't been here a long time, I suppose. <laughs> the world is sectioned off as it is. Because uh, what is beyond the boundaries is uninhabitable. Okay. So we're not where well, we are in a fish tank. There is something beyond the fish tank. That's... Being uninhabitable is not exactly comforting. The fact that there is something, I have to admit, that's that's somewhat comforting. <laughs> I do not know all the details, mind you. As I say, I am no god myself. Perhaps Asmodeus will give more information to the one that has dedicated himself to him. <sighs> well, it might not be. Oh gosh, now I don't even know if I hope it's the one I'm thinking it is. The last I saw was laying cold in a mausoleum. He's cracked a deal. I'm assuming that means he's going to be walking about soon. I do not know the details of the deals struck and such. 
Do you know the height of the person who struck the deal? When Asmodeus deals with somebody, he does not do so in the material plane. But he comes so close to it that you can feel his powers and you can feel the transfers. I know that he was close and I know the power was transferred. Fair enough. You know the name of this other weapon? Asmodeus's weapon is called Fiendish Victory. And uh, what type of weapon is it? It's a bow. And give me a little bit to work off of at least. There were three epic weapons on the field that day. What was the other one? Steel Cleaver. Steel. It is a scythe. Do you know anything about its origins? or? I know it was carried by a most powerful ranger. Yep, that confirms it. That she and uh, her wolf companion, who was larger than most, had uh, made a deal with uh, the leader of the rebelling group called Hell's Swords to help fight against Asmodeus. Fair enough. Well, these two have gone completely off book, and I just don't see that in either one of them. That tells me who I'm looking out for. Three epic weapons, three heroes brought over. We know one of them's tasked with finding one, and while I'm tasked with finding another, if no other reason than keep it out of the first one's hands, I'm supposing my other companion's going to be looking for a scythe named Steve Steel Cleaver. Quite possibly that I cannot stay. I do not know if Sigya has stayed in spirit form, if she has contacted anybody. Anything you can tell me about her? We do not know much about her. She was a legendary, legendary ranger in her time when the Hell Swords decided that they would fight the war against Asmodeus. They sought her out, and its leader, Sebastian, originally had planned to kill her and take the weapon. Uh, but upon meeting her, found her to be so beautiful that he seduced her instead and appointed her as head of one of his battalions. Well, no, I can't make fun of someone for picking an army that way. I mean, I wouldn't actually do it, I don't think. But she was a reclusive person. He had to travel deep into a forest to even find her, as she rarely kept any companionship with normal people. And... She did not become any less secretive when she joined our ranks. Okay. I know there was gossip among her battalion mm -hmm. that the wolf that followed her was no ordinary dire wolf, but was in the form of spirit, and that spirit was somehow connected to her staff or her sides or whatever you want to call it. That that is the reason it was so powerful because it was not crafted as I would craft a weapon and imbued with magic through a ritual. I assume the staff has something to do with spirit or death. Hmm. That makes things even more interesting. We can do this. You know, I was going to be perfectly content settling down here in Hilltop after taking care of this slaver debacle and uh, starting my own business. Well, there will be time for that, I suppose. Mm -hmm. But I I do believe that these slaves were connected to this bigger picture. Really? It's a count as they 
brought the survivors and those who drowned ashore. And? And there are girls missing from the groups that, according to the other girls that had been captured, were not sold on slave auction blocks, but were handed off to well-armored men. Fancy armor, fancy capes, moneyed men. Oh, crap. So, this isn't done yet, then? I would not think so. I went and started off the bar brawl that killed everyone who could have told us any details. Um, not all of them are dead. Oh, okay. Well? One survived, but he was able to slip away in the, the chaos. The merfolks brought him ashore the same as the others, but uh, as soon as he saw his opportunity, he was gone. Okay. So I don't don't know that you've necessarily seen the last of him. I would hope not. I plan to have a conversation with him. I don't think a conversation is precisely what he has in mind. That's fine. I can be pretty persuasive. Was <clears throat> you were I can tell you this. Mm-hmm. The slave ship itself, unfortunately, was sunk. But there are some... The, the records that the captains kept, everything would be on it. If there was a way to recover them before the water ruined their ink, perhaps you could find information there. Well then, our conversations work how they do, how dreams work in the real world. I've probably been asleep for all of four seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Thereabouts. I mean, you had to have time to fall into that deep sleep, so maybe 30 minutes total. Oh, yeah. Uh, after a day like I've had, probably about 12. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. I really don't have the gas in me to do it. If, uh, if I were to uh, force myself awake and we were to go diving, uh, do you do anything to make sure I don't keel over from exhaustion? Well, I myself have no need to breathe. I can get on the ship and, and retrieve them if you want to give me a more physical form. I could work with that. But then, as to how to restore them and make sure they're readable, that is not something I know how to do. I I may be able to help with that as well. Nothing else, even if we can't ever read them. If I can get my hands on the documents, I may be able to get something out of them. All right. We can try that. Do you wish to do this now? Or do you need some more rest? Let's do it. I want to have as much news as I can. All right. That's not going to be the longest I've ever gone without sleep. (sighs) So she will actually fade from your dream mind. And it won't be uh, long till you feel somebody shaking you awake. (laughs) What the? Oh, hell. Oh, damn it. I'm going to... Before I open my eyes, Drew... Are you going to look all creepy and ghostified? Just just a warning. Like, if you're walking around with, like, blood running from your eyes or something, let a man know. No, no, nothing like that. Fair enough. And with that, Russell kind of lean forward and actually get a look at Draga's physical form. In her ectoplasmic form, you can still kind of make out her features somewhat. Uh, but it is kind of like a spirit. She... In a way, you can you can still kind of see light reflect through her and things of that nature. And she's kind of like a, a jelly. Oh, well, damn, that ain't so bad. Yeah, 
That'll work. I, uh, never seen, well, slimy style ghosts before. Well, it's... The kid mentioned something about them. It's the only way to, uh, actually take a, a much of a physical form other than possessing somebody's body. Well, then, trust me, when we're awake right now, you probably don't want to have much to do with mine in the state it's in. But, uh, let's see if we can sneak our way down to the docks without anyone noticing us and think we're ready for any more actual work. All right. So, uh, you would notice the town is pretty much, the streets are pretty much deserted by this point. Everybody was pretty much in a state of exhaustion. So, like, there's not... A lot of lights in the windows or or anything by this point. Uh, there would be a few of the farmhouses that you pass on the on the way to the docks where you would see that there are people still around tending to the sheep, the goats, the cows, that kind of thing. Yeah. Glad, nothing else. Glad to be back in his kind of wrinkly, off-white tunic, duster, and hat. Russell's just going to kind of, you know, he's not necessarily going like, to crouch and stealth sprint from shadow to shadow, but, you know, he's going to do his best possible way to inconspicuously make his way down towards the coast. All right. So uh, once you're down there, you, you can definitely see the ship is not like completely submerged. The masks are still above the water and stuff. So... It's not difficult to locate where it's at. Okay. So, uh, how does this work? Is there a... Is there a distance you have to maintain from me, or... Some rule like that I need to be aware of? Well, I I don't know particularly. I haven't ever possessed anybody before, so... Fair enough, then. What we're going to do for this first part, then... I'm going to be all empirical about it is um, I'm going to pop me a squat right there in that dune where I'm pretty sure no one walking around through town will be able to lay eyes on me. And uh, you make your way towards the boat, do what you can to search out records, and if you start feeling funny or having difficulty holding your form or something, let me know, and if I don't respond, get back closer and let me know. All right. And, uh... That actually makes for a very interesting question. I mean, you currently have a physical form and whatnot, but... And then Rick Russell's going to stop talking. Can you hear me just fine like this? Oh, yes. Our consciousness is still connected. Okay, well, that would be a good, uh, a good marker as to if we're going to lose any signal then. Once I get set, let's keep to mental communication. See if we start to... Uh, lose track of one another. Alright. Yeah, with that, Russell's gonna find his way over his his part of this incredibly dangerous mission of exploring a, sink, a sunken ship and plop down on the back of a dune. <laughs> Not necessarily go to sleep, but... Right. Okay. So, uh, the way this actually works okay. is as long as she is within uh, 50 feet of you, the tether remains stable. Okay. Um, if she gets more than 50 feet away from you, but still within 100 feet, you have to make concentration checks to keep the uh, link active. Okay. And then 
figured Russell would probably, because I'm figuring he's more than, probably even more than 100 feet away about where he's at. But um, he probably, as they started losing, play with that to learn those distances a bit. And at that point, he would stay within 50 feet. So she doesn't have to go extremely far under the water because, of course, the captain's quarters were or on the, the top deck. It has a cabin, you know. <laughs> so she doesn't have to go extremely far under the water anyhow. So, like, as long as you are, are at the edge of the docks, uh, you know, about as close to the boat as you can get, it shouldn't be any issue. Okay. And she will be down there for a little bit. Uh, she's not necessarily the best swimmer. <laughs> but since she doesn't have to breathe, she can take her time. And <laughs> once she gets to the to the boat itself, she will likely try to just walk across underwater. Because <laughs> <laughs> swimming is not her forte. But um, as a note... You get two skill focuses oh. for sharing a consciousness with her based off of her skills. So those are going to be uh, for crafting weapons. Okay. And for engineering. Oh, wow. But it will take her a while because she does not pick locks. So she will actually have to bring up what amounts to a, a small safe, like a strong box kind of size you, you know those little fireproof safes you can buy oh, for yeah. documents it would be about the size of that um and it would be fairly heavy so it will take her a little bit to drag it back out but uh she can't pick the lock so she's got no choice but to drag it back out <laughs> okay and she she would bring it and then she would bring a smaller wooden box that uh is not locked with her as well. Uh, the wooden box, you can easily open and look inside. Yeah. Oh, God. It is filled with about 250 gold pieces worth of gems. Okay. Russell's just going to set that one aside for a minute. But the other one, you will have to lock pick. Okay. So let's get to that. 20 plus 10, not D20 plus 40. Let me fix that real quick. It's going to be a 26. All right. Yeah, you can pick it open. And inside there are two quote unquote books. They are mostly like loose, loose leaf pages that somebody has very crudely punched a hole through and, and tied together. Okay. And there, there are two of these in there. I take it there's a significant amount of water damage? There, There is a good deal of water damage. It, um, you, you could probably make out some of what's on there, but not a whole lot. So it's probably something you want to try and restore in some manner. Yeah. I know. I, I don't think I have it on Russell's quick spell list. Would this qualify as mending or... No, uh, the problem here is that the ink itself, when exposed to water, kind of spreads. Ah, so. So you may have to get a little creative with spells or do a check to craft a spell. Craft a spell. That's what I was thinking. But right now, if I were to craft a spell, I may not survive it. Because 
my temporary right. hit points have worn off, so. But you've got them so they don't suffer any further damage, at least. Okay. So if nothing else, once you're rested and healed up, you could always do something with them then. Do that. I was, um, let's see if I had a skill unlock that could, I thought there was. There is a psychometry skill where you can tell the significance of items. Okay, but not necessarily the... So it might not tell you the content of them precisely, but it might give you some idea of what they are. Okay, let's give that a a shake real quick or an attempt. All right. I can do that without burning hit points. Yeah, you can do that with a simple roll of the dice. I just have to check the chart here and make sure which roll you're supposed to be making. Appraise, I believe. Yes, it is an appraise check. I got a 25. Okay, so with the psychometry, it is a DC 15 appraise check, so you pass that. Uh, And you get to gain one piece of information about the historical significance or the last previous owner as determined by me. So do you, are you doing a check on each book separately or how are you doing this? Oh, uh, I'll do each book separately. So we'll do this one first. So the first book, um, basically you would get a vision of one of the brothers sitting over this book, writing in it. Um, and you could pretty much tell this is a ledger of slaves. Uh-huh. It, it lists their names, their gender, their race, their approximate age, where they were taken from, where they were sold at, and how much money they get for them. Okay. That one, he's going to very carefully put aside by the, uh, by the, the jewel box before he picks up the other one and tries this again. Wait, no. How many times can I do this? Um, I think you're... Once per day. Yeah, I think you're limited to a certain okay. number. There might be a spell for psychometry that does the same thing, I think. There was an object reading spell, which I think might yes. be where Russell goes yeah, with this. That's, but that's, a, that's the same thing. Yeah. Really, so... That would leave me with three hit points if I were to cast it at this point, however. So we're gonna... Right. We're gonna hold off on that, because I figured all my temporaries are gone. Yeah, the temporary hit points would be gone. Uh, Now, keep in mind, in this campaign, you do heal to full if you get a full eight hours sleep. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, keep that in mind for the next morning. Yeah, Russell's going to take the uh, the unread book and put it, you know, secure it as long as as well as the one that's the slave ledger. And he's going to look at that thing of 250 gems. He's just going to kind of sigh and out loud in his voice go, You know, when you know one of your friends has literally gone and made a deal with the devil, it sure does make the thought of stealing from him a little bit more tempting. Well, but <laughs> to be fair, now, one of your friends is dead. So there's only one that you might have an obligation to. Yeah, the devil didn't bring the other one back to life so he can go find his bow for him. And two, he's at home asleep while you're out here doing this, so. You, you know, I figured I was going to be the bad influence. (laughs) And Russell says, as he just kind of takes the gems 
and puts them in his pack to never bring them up again. (laughs) (laughs) I am a very practical person. If you know someone is working for the enemy and you're not sure who, why risk giving them more ammunition? You're going to get me in trouble. I can see this already. It's, it's all a matter of being practical and thinking of one's own survival. It's okay. Oh, don't get me wrong. I mean, if when someone writes the autobiography, I've already got the, or well, if someone writes the autobiography, that would be me. I'm not going to do that. Cause, so when someone writes the, auto, the biography, I've got the title picked out for them. It's Russell Clark, a very smart man who continuously got outsmarted by pretty women who were smarter than him still. well it's been a long long time since i had a physical form i would dare to call pretty but i've been around for a long time which does make you wise about a few things i suppose fair enough unless there's any more inconspicuous boxes of gems that we can claim as our hard work down there i probably do need to be trying to get some rest yes sleep would be advisable I'm sure tomorrow is going to be a hectic day. Yeah, I'm just hoping we don't get chased out of town. I don't think so. I was doing a little eavesdropping. It's easy to do when you're in spirit form. That I'm going to have to remember, Russell says in his head. But, uh... What was the opinion? Well, well, the overall opinion is that, uh... It should have been handled with less destruction to the town. Dravik is very happy that his little sister is back. That was his main concern. Zav is extremely pissed off about what happened to his twin sister. How, uh, how's she faring? Well, physically she's okay, but her new situation is going to take some adjusting to. As among traditional drow, she will always forever now be considered uh, shameful and embarrassment. For for what? Driving some oh, did, you, did you not hear? No, I I've been uh I suppose you were busy trying to get the dead one to the twins. That and then the fires and people kept trying to talk, but you know, I just kept She was trapped in the inn. And in order to get out, she drank an elixir that her god allows her to make. And it transformed her, which gave her the ability to climb out up the stone walls. But she will forever be a drider now. I've read about those. Damn. To, to, To a drow, this is an extremely upsetting thing. I can get that, but, uh... But she, she had the elixirs because she was going to put them in the kegs of L that she was sending with the slavers <laughs> and turn them into abominations, which my understanding is what you turn into is based on your race, so I'm not sure precisely what they would have become. But, uh, that was her way of punishing her way of punishing sounds like it would have made the fight a lot harder. I suppose that depends what they turn into. Well, thanks for the heads up. I'll, I'll at least make sure not to do a double take. Well, from what I understand, she's locked herself away in a room at her eldest brother's 
house, home, whatever. Dravik lives on a, a, in an attachment to the city hall, so. Fair enough. Uh, I, I assume that until she's come to terms with it, she will likely stay there. Make a note of that. He's going to try to go back into his headspace and be like, as they get closer to the town, as to not wake people up. I, um, didn't happen to hear a count, did you? How many dead? Uh, my understanding of it is uh, that there were two that died in the inn, um, and then there were a couple of the slaves from the ship that the merfolk didn't get out on time either. Crap. No, back home, we, uh, well, long story short, when I, where I come from, I was, well, I spent the last several, well, a good portion of my life as a criminal, as a legitimate businessman for last three or so years before I came here. But, uh, the group I traveled with, we, uh, we used to pride ourselves on the fact that it was only, uh, we only took from those who were taken from others. We took, uh, company money, military transports, that kind of thing. Then, uh, first time we did a job, we hit a train, which, um, I don't know. Can you pull up a picture of that from the inside of my head or something? Uh, if you visualize it, yes, I can see it. Yeah. Hell, hell to think about a very particular train somewhere out in the American Southwest, you know, chugging through the desert. Yeah. We hit a train and, uh, we knew there were a lot of guards on it, but, um, everything was off towards the back. What we were going after, gods, everything. We we just had to take out the last two cars of the train, and the rest of it was just going to go along its way. And uh, I set the set the explosives. I was uh, I was one of the only ones there who had a head for that kind of stuff. But um, I took cover, had a guy up on top of the hill spotting for me, and he gave me the sign to go ahead and push down the plunger. Didn't have enough cord, so I was I couldn't really look up over the crowd, the the rocks that I was hidden behind. So he signaled, I pushed the plunger, train goes up. And at that point, there's a pretty there's an explosion pretty much right in the middle of the train, instead of towards the rear. By the uh, by the time we got down there, there's a whole lot of people who uh were not supposed to be hurt who were hurt. Uh, didn't matter how many times people told me it wasn't my fault because I didn't call the shot. You know, I did not light that in on fire. It doesn't make a damn bit of difference, however. Wars have a way of finding their casualties no matter what precautions you take. Yeah. You, uh... Still... You ever get free of my head and move on to whatever afterlife's awaiting you? And uh, I got a, I got a couple of names I might get you to look up and give what for. <laughs> well, that would be assuming that uh, we were in the same afterlife. That's a, uh, it's a strange thing, the the way the system works, and 
there are so many places you can be sent. When I either go to some internal internal east casino or some horrible, some horrible, horrible special hell. I think there are many things in between as well. Yeah, I've never been much for in between. I am half convinced that I don't want to find out. I think I want to stay in this world. I'm a, I'll be honest. Magic, adventure, dragons. Holy crap, I I mean, I mean, yes, you, you've made a sword that killed the dragon of hell, which is impressive all of its own as far as stories go. But I, well, I mean, I guess I didn't see my first real dragon today, but holy crap, I saw a dragon today. <laughs> You'll not find too many dragons around here. You have to go much further north usually to find them to the mountains. Up to self. Not going to the mountains. But, um, as we kind of get back towards Russell's house, he's going to get inside and kind of tiptoe through the people, keeping the mental conversation going before he gets to his room. He's going to be like, however, um, I do have one more important question. Ask away. Well, Joaga, you mentioned that um, that you were capable of uh, taking a spiritual form and eavesdropping on people. Yes. He's going to grin and switch to his outside voice and goes, Are you familiar with the game of poker? Uh, I've seen it played. I've never actually played it myself, but people play cards at the end. I'm going to have to get some sleep, but we are going to learn the rules of poker. Because you know what the best damn thing to have in a game of poker is? What is that? Someone who can stand over the shoulder of the other guy around the table and tell you what cards he has. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that can certainly be arranged. (laughs) That, my dear, I believe is officially going to make this the beginning of a beautiful relationship. Well... I suppose you should get some sleep. I don't need to sleep, but I also probably should not walk around in physical form while there are guests at your house. Fair enough. Um, Whatever you're most comfortable with, I guess you can spirit about. You can bed down somewhere in my subconscious. No, I promise I won't be too untoward. (laughs) I will probably just linger about until you wake. That's fair enough. If anyone ever catches wind of you, well, yeah, I'm not quite sure what I'm going to tell the others, given uh, given the nature of the job, but if anyone ever catches tail of you, as far as this night's concerned, we wandered down there to get the, uh, to get the uh, books, and um, I uh, came back and drank myself to sleep in true, um, you know, overabundant cowboy fashion, you know. <laughs> Because I have a reputation to uphold. Fair enough. And with that, Russell's going to kind of head back over to bed and lay down. Try to get some sleep so he's good to go for the next day. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Desters Podcast. My name is Don. I'm the voice of Brigord. I'm the GM in the Starfinder homebrew adventure Hexgrid Heroes. On the other side of the GM screen, I play Cory in Pokemon Seicho and Peleus in Ashes and Alamancy. I also like to sit around and talk with my friends about how horror movies can be used in a haunted house setting 
And for that, check out Fountain of Fear. All of these podcasts can be found at hexgridheroes.com. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this episode. I'm Brian, the voice of Russell Clark, and I swear I'm not that much of an ass in real life. I just play one in podcast. In real life, I run Action Forge, a tabletop RPG YouTube channel where we dive into all sorts of topics. If you want to learn more, head over there and check it out. Also, if you want updates on all my various projects and some awesome tabletop RPG memes, go ahead and check me out over at Twitter where I'm at Action Forge. You go into a mining settlement called Fillmore's Crossing. It's about 30 miles outside of the control zone. Do y'all know what the control zone is? Of course we do. Oh, of course Naturally. I know what really. the control zone is. I mean, control, like, of course we know what the control yeah, zone is. You guys, you zone. guys probably the, like the zone. I fucking hate both of you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Some weird stuff's been going on in Fillmore's Crossing. We just got word that three days ago, Elmer's wife. She tore the three kids limb from limb and doesn't remember doing it at all. Sounds like it's like the the Wild West out there. (laughs) LCP D&D is an actual play D&D 5E podcast. Our current adventure is set in the Wild West and features magic, orcs, vampires, and an all-original soundtrack. Listen in by searching for LCP D&D on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, and CastBox. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and even hang out with us in our Discord server, LCP D&D. If you'd like to become a patron, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash Eldritch Dream. We have a bunch of rewards for Dustress and Aeterna involved. You can also join us in the Hive, that's our Discord, linked in the episode description. You can also find links to our Key Public, where we have tons of designs for various types of merch. Hit us up on Twitter or Discord. We love to hear from everyone and enjoy making new friends. And this is Last Call, so finish your drinks, and we'll see y'all next time.